everyone welcome back to another edition of the main event heat podcast i am your host rob weathers and i'm really excited about something guys it has been way too damn long but it looks like i finally get to call some wrestling again lariato pro wrestling guild is coming back to live events saturday november i believe that's november 6th yeah saturday november 6th we're going to be in dublin georgia at the Lawrence County 6th Grade Academy. Laser will be making his return. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be wrestling. Hell, the injury was only a few months ago. I don't know if, if he even, I don't even know if he can physically walk. I haven't seen the guy since the injury. But if any of you guys haven't seen that clip, it went viral. Even Jim Cornette was talking about it. But yeah, so Laser sets up a ladder in the middle of the ring and jumps out and was supposed to land on the guys that he was wrestling, but it didn't exactly work that way, and instead he landed directly on the basketball court floor about two feet in front of me. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I'm sure he wasn't either, but credit where credit's due, Laser rolled his ass back in the ring and finished that match. That was one of the last shows that we did in Lariata. We only did a couple of more shows after that, and that was back at the end of June. And finally here, coming up in November, I finally get to go back on the road with Lariato again. I've got a really busy weekend coming up, and I figured this week's episode, this is a perfect time for a This Week in Pro Wrestling, because here in Georgia, we've got a lot of great shit going on that I'm going to be a part of. I'm going to be a part of most of it. On Friday, November 5th, I don't know which one of these shows I'm going to be at. Lariato Pro is going to be running a joint show with IWN, where there's actually going to be a champion versus champion match. The IWN heavyweight champion August Artois is going to be going against the Lariato heavyweight champion John Schuyler. And then you've got in the main event for that, the Good Brothers are going to be teaming with Mac Davis to go against Exotic Youth. I don't know if I'm going to be at that show or not. I think that that show is more of an IWN show with some Lariato talent there. That's kind of the vibe that I've been getting whenever I've asked a lot of people, hey, is that something I'm going to be booked on? There's been a lot of kind of shrugging their shoulders and they don't really know. Like a lot of people are like, I don't even know if I'm going to be on it. Hell, I talked to my broadcast partners to hear if they heard anything, and they were like, I didn't even know that show was happening. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I might be at that show, but if I'm not, I can tell you where I will be, and that'll be Canton, Georgia, for Southern Honor Wrestling. They, of course, run the first Friday of every month. Even though I don't officially work for Southern Honor, I will tell you some of the best wrestling that happens in this state happens over there at Southern Honor. They have got one of the best rosters And honestly, all of independent wrestling, some of the greatest talent. The homie Zicky Dice is going to be going one-on-one with Chip Day. Zicky and Ashton Starr actually just picked up the tag team titles from Chip Day and his partner Kyle Matthews last month. So that's going to be a nice little grudge match between the two of them. But yeah, if I'm not at this Lariato IWN show in Forsyth, I'm going to be there in Canton, most likely filming some stuff for Zicky's vlog and or his Twitch stream. And then, like I said, Saturday, I get to go back to Dublin for Lariato Pro Wrestling Guild and and do some commentary. I absolutely cannot wait. Out of all of the, the jobs that I've got to do in the professional wrestling industry, commentary is my favorite. I've been a ring announcer, timekeeper. You know, I've helped with music production now. I've done a lot of stuff, but out of everything, my absolute favorite has been commentary. 
just something about being able to what's the way that JR puts it being able to add the lyrics to the music right like the wrestlers are in the ring making the music and the commentators are the ones that are adding the lyrics something about that I, I just love it so much I love it I love being able to tell the story for them you know fill in the blanks everything that you can't see from that wrestling ring let me add the rest of that story you know what I mean I love it I love it so much and I'm so excited it's been I think July 10th was the last time that I did commentary for a show, and that was up in Ringle, Georgia. And here, finally, in November 6th, I'll finally get to do it again. I can't wait. Looks like the Good Brothers are going to be defending the LPWG Tag Team titles against Viva Las Amish. That's going to be fun. I hope the Amish bring the chicken out. That'll be fun if the chicken can be like ringside as their manager. That'd be pretty sweet. I'll take a bump from the chicken. The chicken wants to come by the commentary table and start some shit. I'm cool with that. If you guys aren't aware of Viva Las Amish, they, they deadass bring a live fucking chicken to the ring. I, I shit you not. It'll sign autographs, too. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Outside of that, we got a big heavyweight title match. John Schuyler is looking to be defending the Lariato heavyweight title against Brian Myers. That's going to be awesome. Two guys that I, I have had the pleasure of working with. John, I've worked with several times. Like I've said on here before, the first match I ever called was John. So he's definitely got a special place in my heart as one of my favorite wrestlers. Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, the night that I made my ring announcing debut, I ring announced Brian Myers. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a very good match. These are two guys that I feel like amongst the casual fans, they do not get the credit that they deserve. But amongst the people in the industry, they're everybody's favorite. Like you've heard the, the, the term, you know, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. That These two guys really fall in that category. These two guys just understand professional wrestling on a level that none of us ever will. I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but John Schuyler has helped Doc Gallows and Scott Demore with some of the talent evaluations that they've done at Lariato, some of the seminars. And I've learned more in those couple of hours watching John bump around with people in the ring and explain why certain things make sense. I've learned more about professional wrestling during those events than I have ever in my entire life. So yeah, getting to call that match, that's something I'm really, really looking forward to. Cannot wait to call Brian Myers versus John Schuyler for the LPWG heavyweight title. And Laser makes his comeback. After falling off the ladder in that same building, Laser is going to be coming out to call out Bryce Cannon. He he won a number one contenders match. That that ladder match was, was for a number one contender spot at Bryce Cannon's Lionheart title. That's uh, that's LPWG's mid-card belt, our Intercontinental Championship, if you will. And yeah, it looks like Laser's going to be coming out to call out Bryce Cannon, and I guess we're going to set up that match soon. So that's going to be very intriguing. Laser's the hometown boy. He is a deputy in, in Dublin, Georgia, so I'm sure he's going to have a lot of fans in the crowd. And everybody hates Bryce Cannon. So that's going to be... It's going to be a great event. If any of you guys are by chance in or around the Dublin area next weekend on Saturday, November the 6th. Check out thelpwg.com and pick up tickets. I highly recommend it. These shows are so much fun. I'm not just saying that because I work there. I was a fan first. I went to these shows for like a year straight before I ever became a commentator. So I'm, I'm telling you from a fan's perspective and from the perspective of a guy that gets the pleasure of working there, Lariato Pro is one of the best independent promotions in Georgia, bar none. And then it looks like I'm pulling triple duty because Sunday, November the 7th, Championship Wrestling from Atlanta makes our return to the great city of Atlanta, except 
We're not going to be at center stage. We are instead going to be at the Mucha Lucha building in Norcross, Georgia, doing a partnership with Mucha Lucha Atlanta. You know, I will say this. Um, I, I am aware of why the decision was made to move away from center stage. It's not something that I am at liberty to speak on. That is between, you know, the owners of championship wrestling and the people at center stage. All I can tell you confidently is this. I am so happy that I got to, that's kind of something I got to scratch off the bucket list. I got to work a professional wrestling event in center stage. You know, I always wanted to perform in center stage, whether it be as a commentator, ring announcer, manager, whatever. I didn't get to do that. I did get to help the production team though. And that's, that's a huge deal. You know, if any of you guys grew up watching wrestling in the eighties or nineties, center stage is a big fucking deal out here in Atlanta. You know, in my opinion, outside of the Omni, that's the greatest wrestling venue in the city of Atlanta. And it's, yeah, I'm just over the moon that I got the opportunity to work there. You know, I'm still only a year into my wrestling career. I could always go back to center stage in the future. I don't know what'll happen. But I am very excited and, and happy for the future. And I'm also just super over the moon that I, I did get the opportunity to work there whenever I did. But yeah, new partnership with Mucha Lucha. But that's November 7th in Norcross, Georgia. If you would like to get tickets, you can go to MuchaLuchaATL.com slash shop. Pick up your tickets for Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. I'll go ahead and run through uh, some of the card that's been announced. Danny Jordan and Marty Bell are going to be wrestling each other. Danny has been talking quite a lot of shit to Marty. Marty's been been there as a, as an interviewer for the last couple of sets of tapings, and Danny's been kind of an asshole to Marty. And I guess Marty is is sick of it, and she wants to to lace him up and get in the ring, and got a little bit of a grudge match there with Danny and Marty. Another big match announcement: we've got Marina Shafir, former NXT talent, is going to be taking on Savannah Evans, current Impact wrestler. This is going to be a hard hitting match. Marina was at the last set of tapings that we had in Atlanta. None of her matches have aired yet, but I will tell you this. She is very good. I can I can tell you that much. She she did very well. And this match with her and Savannah. Savannah, Savannah can hit. Savannah can hit really fucking hard. And Marina can too. And I think that this is going to be a match unlike anything that we've seen so far in championship wrestling. Championship wrestling is very much an old school style of wrestling. I've actually heard Dave Marquez say out loud to all of us during a talent meeting that if the show looks like 1986, he's happy. You know, so he he's very much got that old school mentality. This is not going to be that kind of, you know, goofy 80s wrestling television match. This is this is going to this is going to hurt. These these two girls are going to beat the shit out of each other and I I'm I'm happy I'm going to get to be there to see it. Also another really big match announcement it looks like Allen Angels, number 5 of the Dark Order and former former Southern Honor World Champion. Bet you guys didn't know that. Former Southern Honor World Champion will be going against Effie that is a big deal. Effie made his debut at Championship Wrestling at the tapings last month. His match with Andy Brown just aired last week. It, it's great stuff. I didn't get a chance to meet Effie because he showed up to the venue late. He had, he had a flight coming in from, I don't think he was working a GCW show. I don't know what he was doing, but he had a flight coming in from another gig. So he didn't show up until, shit, I think the show started. So I didn't get a chance to talk to Effie. Hopefully I get to remedy that at this next set of tapings because he, he, he seems like a great guy and I really appreciate everything that he does for wrestling. 
and and everything that he does for for his community and just seems like a top-notch guy this match with him and alan angels is gonna be super super fun and i can't wait to see that now out of all the matches that have been announced for championship wrestling the one that i'm looking forward to the most is baron black versus lord crew in a lethal grudge match this is going to be awesome these two guys have been fucking with each other for the last couple of months in championship wrestling we filmed some great stuff with them this last set of tapings i cannot wait to see this match in person once again if you would like to go and check out championship wrestling from atlanta tickets are at muchaluchaatl.com slash shop we will be at the muchalucha building in norcross georgia and if you can't be there in person the show will air Saturday nights, 10 p.m., I want to say, on Peachtree TV in the Atlanta area. And if you don't have Peachtree TV, just check out the Championship Wrestling from Atlanta YouTube channel. Actually, they might be on the Championship Wrestling from Memphis YouTube channel. I'm not sure, but they do air the show on YouTube every single weekend. So check it out, guys. It's, it's, it's super easy to watch, and I highly recommend it. It's been very entertaining. Doc Gallows is going to be there at this show on Sunday. And uh, that's going to be kind of weird. You know, have you guys ever had one of your bosses show up to your other job before? That's going to be super weird for me. Uh, he can't tell me what to do. I'm not going to let him. He can tell me whatever he wants on Saturday, but he can't tell me shit on Sunday. But that's my weekend coming up here in Georgia. I, I'm so happy. I love being busy with professional wrestling, you know. I, and it's been a while since I had a three-day run. Since June, actually. June was the last three-day run that I had. And that was all for Lariato. And this this three-day run could potentially be for three different companies. And it's just, it's a great time to be a professional wrestling fan, especially here in Georgia. You know, I'm I'm still I'm still so young in this industry. I've only been in this industry for just under a year. So I, I'm I'm enjoying everything. And I've still got that uh that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed look on my face every time I show up to the building. And I'm just, I'm just loving life right now. And I wanted to share that with you guys. You know, this week in professional wrestling for me is more than just what we've been seeing on TV. But here in Georgia, if you are a wrestling fan and if you have never been to an independent wrestling show in Georgia, I'm telling you guys, you have to give it a shot. These shows are worth traveling for. I'm telling you right now, I don't care where you are in the country, but these shows are absolutely worth traveling for. Speaking of worth traveling for, Impact Wrestling has finally traveled outside of Nashville for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic last year. They were in Las Vegas this past couple of weeks for Bound for Glory and the subsequent Impact television tapings that aired afterwards. They're going to be back in Las Vegas again next month. If they continue to run Vegas for the next few months, I might wind up having to fly out there. I know Zicky's told me I'd love it out there. He knows I'm a big gambler just like him, so... That might wind up happening if they wind up running. Uh, if they wind up running Las Vegas again in say January, I'm probably gonna go. But let's talk about this most recent trip that they had to Las Vegas. Bound for Glory was live last week. I didn't get a chance to cover it on the show because I actually filmed the episode the morning of Bound for Glory. So it's a week late, but we're gonna talk about it now and we're gonna do it right after this break. If you would like to support the show, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash RobWeathers where you can pick up one of several t-shirt designs including the brand new Main Event Heat Podcast shirt. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash R-O-B-W-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. ProWrestlingTees.com slash RobWeathers. 
And we're back, and we are going to talk about Bound for Glory, which emanated from the Samstown Casino October 23rd. Like I said earlier, this is the first pay-per-view slash set of impact tapings that have occurred outside of Nashville since the beginning of the pandemic. So that in itself is big news. Impact's getting to travel again. You've already had a lot of the other shows, WWE, AEW, NWA. They've all started to travel. So this is big for Impact. Impact's finally getting back on the road again. And they had some really cool surprises that happened on that show, and we're going to get to those in just a moment. Let's go ahead and start with the dark match. The dark match was a tournament final intergender six-way match for the inaugural Impact Digital Media Championship. Jordan Grace defeated Chelsea Green, Crazy Steve, Fall of Bob, Madison Rain, and John Schuyler. You know, I, I whenever they announced the Digital Media Championship, I guess I assume that this is going to be going on people in Impact who have the biggest social media presence, which I guess before would have been Tennille, because I think Tennille was supposed to be in this match, and I guess she got hurt or something, and she got replaced with Madison Rain. Tennille definitely, I'd say, had the biggest social media presence out of this group, but I guess the next up would be Jordan Grace. I mean, she does have an OnlyFans. That counts as social media, right? But yeah, Jordan Grace won the inaugural Digital Media Championship, which a lot of people probably didn't realize this at first, made her the first ever Grand Slam knockout, which is big news, is really big news. I'll tell you something that's really interesting about Impact is they're willing to go somewhere that a lot of the other major promotions are not, and that is they are not shy about intergender wrestling. I think that the most high-profile example of that was a few years ago whenever they had the feud between Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan for the world title. And now you've got this. It looks like the Digital Media Championship will be defended with intergender rules and I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of intergender wrestling myself, but I am not in any way, shape, or form against people having intergender matches. And I don't think anybody should be. This is one of those things, if this works for Impact, if this works for the performers, it is a big deal because it is something, like I said, none of the other major companies are doing. For the fans of intergender wrestling, if you want to see that stuff on TV, this is the company that you're going to have to watch in order to see it. So that is a big deal for Impact, and I applaud them for doing this. Next up, we have the debut of the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, formerly known as the Iconics in WWE. They defeated Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. This is one of those things that's always very tricky whenever Impact does this because it's kind of one of those lull TNA things where, oh, we're going to bring in a WWE reject and immediately put a belt on them. This is one of those situations where, like, I really didn't feel like Decay was adding much to that title or really the division. You know, whenever they decided to bring back the Impact Knockouts tag titles in the first place, I remember saying, like, you put this, you put these belts on Kiera and Tasha Steeles and you kind of just leave them there because that's really the only team that this belt, like it seems like that's the whole reason for these belts to come back is to put them on them. And then Kiera, of course, winds up leaving and they've, they've moved the belts around a couple of times since then. It's one of those things that like, I guess this is fine. You know, I really don't like whenever you debut wrestlers and then immediately put a belt on them. But at the same time, like I said, I wasn't super invested in Decay's run as the knockout tag team champions. I'm being totally honest with you. I don't think they should have brought them back. Whenever they first created them, they created them basically to put them on the beautiful people. And then they realized shortly thereafter, not a great shelf life on knockouts tag team titles. I don't know. This at least gives that division something to do. And I do think that it looks like the inspiration are going to be pretty good heels. 
So we'll see what happens. But yeah, you know, not a huge fan of people coming in and winning a belt on their first day, but it is what it is. And then speaking of championships, we of course had the vacant Impact X Division Championship up for grabs. Josh Alexander vacated the title. He exercised option C to take on Christian Cage for the world title. We're going to talk about that match in a little bit. Trey Miguel defeated El Fantasmo and Steve Macklin to win the vacant Impact X Division title. I did not know this was Trey Miguel's first reign. Kind of blows my mind that he didn't have that belt to begin with, you know? He just, he he seems like that should be like a prototypical Impact X Division champion. Like every time like you're not sure who you should put the belt on next, you should just put it on Trey for safekeepings. I feel like Ace Austin's been that guy in the past. Yeah, just just really odd to me that that Trey Miguel hasn't had the belt before, but he's got it now. I think that going into the match, I there was no doubt in my mind Trey Miguel was gonna win this. He's been super over since he re-signed with Impact, and it was a very entertaining match. If you haven't watched it, go go check it out. And then after that, you had Violent by Design coming out to take on what was supposed to be Heath and Rhino, but Rhino did not come out immediately, so Heath had to work most of the match by himself. Rhino did eventually come out and help Heath and helped him get the win. I'd be a little pissed off at Rhino if I was Heath, if I'm being honest with you guys. That's kind of fucked up that Rhino made Heath work most of that match by himself. But they seemed happy afterwards. Like I said, I definitely wouldn't have been. I'd have motherfucked Rhino all the way to the back. But Heath and Rhino are back together. This is a tag team that people really, really enjoy since their time in WWE. It was it was a decent little match. Not a very long match. I'm looking at it. looks like it was about five minutes long. But we got the happy ending that everybody wanted. I think since Heath got hurt and they wound up moving Rhino over to Violent by Design, I think the big thing has been, all right, when Heath comes back, these two need to get together. Now they're back together. And let's see if they have any plans for them going forward. And then after that, we had a 20 wrestler intergender call your shot gauntlet match where Moose won by last eliminating Matt Cardona. We're going to talk about Moose again here in a little bit. For me, one of the big spots was the fucking kiss demon, Dale Torborg, coming out to the ring. That was pretty fucking wild. I think out of all of the surprises that we could have expected, because I was definitely thinking there's going to be surprises. You know, this is... This is their Royal Rumble, the Call Your Shot gauntlet. So I, I was like, there's got to be some fun surprise. Little did I know it was going to be fucking Dale Torborg. That popped me. That popped me pretty big. He didn't do a lot in the match. He kind of just hung out. Like, the, he was in the ring for quite a while. But, like, whenever you would look, he would kind of just be standing in the corner waiting for shit to happen. <laughs> it was so goofy. But it was it was, it was was neat, though, you know. And... Thankfully, didn't overstay his welcome too awful much. As I said, Moose wound up winning. But yeah, it, it was a fun match. I love I love battle royal type matches like this. They call it a gauntlet match, but like it's kind of not though. It's 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 really a battle royal. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. The homie Zicky spent a lot of time outside of the ring catching people. Uh, I don't know if there is a long tape delay whenever they go live for these shows or what. But I wound up texting Zicky literally right after I see him walking up the ramp after catching Alicia Edwards and he immediately texted me back. I was told him, I was like, dude, you can catch people like a motherfucker. And he was like, I know, right? But yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I always pop anytime I get to see my homies on screen, you know, getting to see John Schuyler earlier in the digital media match was obviously cool. And then talking about homies on screen right after that, we get the Good Brothers defeating Finn Juice and the Bullet Club in a three-way tag team match for their Impact World Tag Team Championships. Drew and Chad didn't really do shit in this match, did they? They did fuck all in this match. This was really Bullet Club versus Finn Juice. 
and and Chad kind of just stealing a win at the end. This is it's funny because I'm sure they did this for the reason of pissing off the internet wrestling community. Gallows has been very open about how he thinks him and him and Anderson really should get some X-Pac heat and I don't think that is the proper kind of heat to get. I think that I think that that's the kind of shit you would want to avoid if you're a heel. You want to get some proper heel heat. No, Gallows specifically wants some X-Pac heat and I think they got it after this match. They did fuck all. There was not there wasn't even the sign of a magic killer. You know, this kind of reminds me of back in Rome, Georgia, back in June, at the beginning of our three-day tour, Carl Anderson was wrestling Rich Swan in the main event. I'm on commentary building this like this is going to be the greatest match to take place in independent wrestling history because I thought it was going to be. Chad is a fantastic singles wrestler. Everybody seems to forget about it because they just think about his work with Drew or, or with Giant Bernard back in New Japan. But people forget Chad can work his fucking ass off in singles competition. And I was really looking forward to this match with him and Rich. Rich is a fantastic wrestler too in his own right. And they worked for about three minutes. And then it was a dusty finish at the end. And I fucking hated it. And this match reminded me a lot of that. It gave me flashbacks to, to that match that I called in Rome, Georgia. So I obviously was not a fan. But at the same time, I do understand what they were going for. It, it was on purpose. It was to get people pissed off. So I guess mission accomplished. Then after that, you want to talk about pissing people off. Mickey James defeated Deanna Perazzo for the Knockouts Championship. I in no way, shape, or form think that it was time to take that belt off Deanna. I really don't. I talked about on here whenever I did the list of the greatest Impact Knockouts champions. I think Deanna should break fucking records. She needs to break Taya's record for the longest single streak. She needs to break the most Reigns record. She needs to break every single record that is attached to that Knockouts title. Mickey James doesn't need the belt. She really doesn't. Like, she is a legend. Everybody has a lot of respect for Mickey James. She can still wrestle her ass off. In no way, shape, or form did she need that belt, though. I think that you want to build Deanna like the monster that she is, have her hold on to that belt for like a whole ass another year, and then take a young up-and-coming star, my opinion, somebody like Masha Slamovich that she wrestled at the Knockout Knockdown event, and have somebody like that come up after like a year after fighting through all the adversity in the world and have that person beat Deanna because then you're just building up that person. Mickey James doesn't need to be built up any further. She's already a legend. She's already a future Hall of Famer. I just, I, I really don't like whenever you bring in the, this is, this is a mean thing to say, but the quote unquote old timers and put them over the the current huge stars. Deanna is the biggest star in impact regardless of gender. She is the shit in that company. And I don't think that Mickey James need to beat her. That's it might be an unpopular opinion. It might be a very popular opinion. I'm not sure. I haven't really asked other people how they feel about it, but that's how I feel. I love Mickey James. I think she is a great wrestler. I fucking hate the nickname. That's the only thing I hate about her. And it was a very good match. Other than the the time when Deanna had the chair up in front of her face and Mickey went to kick it and completely whiffed it, but Deanna sold it like she just died. Outside of that spot, it was a very, very good match. I just really don't agree with the finish. Mickey doesn't need the belt. I think they need to get that belt off of Mickey ASAP and put it right back on Deanna. And then speaking of getting belts off of people, Josh Alexander defeated Christian Cage by submission for the Impact World title. This is the match everybody's been talking about and not for the reasons that they should be because it was a great match. It was a great back and forth. I was lucky enough to be there live 
while they were building for this match. I got to see these guys in a tag team competition together where they were teaming up against Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. The tension was there throughout the entirety of that weekend's tapings. And I was super excited going into this match. And it was a fantastic match. It was almost 20 minutes of ass kicking. I loved it. Josh Alexander getting that ankle lock for the win and then having his family come in the ring and you hear Matt Stryker choking up on commentary. It was amazing. And then they call Moose out to cash in his Call Your Shot gauntlet trophy, which I did not know that that fucking trophy worked like a Money in the Bank briefcase. I thought that you had to actually set a match. I didn't think you could just show up and just do it. But then Moose immediately spears Josh Alexander right in front of his family and gets the belt. Now, whenever this happened, immediately there was backlash online. Immediately. People were like, how in the fuck could you take this away from Josh Alexander? This story has been built upon basically ever since the North broke up. Josh Alexander has, has very quickly become everybody's favorite wrestler in Impact. Why in the flying fuck would you do this? Put the belt on him only to two minutes later give it to Moose. And I thought I understood where they were going whenever they did it. I was like, wow. The heat that they're getting from this, they have to know what they're doing next. They have to be ready to set something up immediately. They have to understand the amount of backlash that they're going to be getting from this. And then you watch next week's Impact, and they open up the show with Moose. And at first, it opened up perfectly. Moose tries to come out to the ring, cut a promo. Eddie Edwards says, fuck that noise, and just comes out to the ring to fight Moose. And it looked like what they were going to do was they were just going to one by one send out every wrestler that was pissed off about what Moose did and have them try to beat his ass. And then Moose just dismantled everybody and security dragged them away. If that's what they actually would have done, I would have 100% agreed with Moose beating Alexander the way that he did. Personally, I probably would have, if I was going to do that, I would have either had Christian retain and then Moose beat Christian or I would have waited until the next day during the actual tapings and then had Moose beat Alexander. It was just too good of a moment. Like this is, they talk about how Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania. WrestleMania is supposed to end with the babyface win. It's supposed, you're supposed to send the crowd home happy. They did the exact opposite of that. And I was like, well, they have to at least go somewhere intriguing if they're going to do this. And it looked like they were going to. And then, you know, Eddie Edwards comes out, Moose and Eddie scuffle for a bit, security winds up dragging Eddie away, Moose goes right back to the ring, I'm expecting somebody else's music to hit, and somebody else come out here to fight Moose, but no, he just gets to cut his promo uninterrupted for a while, and not only that, he cut a fucking babyface promo where he talked about how he is the best world champion in professional wrestling. It doesn't matter how elite you are. It doesn't matter if you're the head of somebody's table. Just And that's a huge babyface promo. It popped everybody in the crowd. That is the last fucking thing you need to do with Moose. Moose should be the ultimate fucking heel after what he did to Josh. And now you've got fucking Mooses in an interview backstage talking about like, yeah, I know what I did was kind of fucked up. You should not acknowledge that. That's the last fucking thing you should do. You should just bask in the hate. What is Impact doing here? I'm sure they have a plan. 
they have to have a plan with how they film their shows. They film a month's worth of TV in three days. They have to have a plan. I don't know what the fuck it is. I usually don't watch Impact every Thursday, but I'm going to be paying attention the next couple of weeks because I really hope they know what the fuck they're doing right now because at this moment in time, it doesn't look like they do, and that really worries me. Like, there is a proper way to do this, and I don't think that they did it. I'm not a booker, so my opinion really doesn't matter, but as a fan of the product, I, I saw promise. I saw something that they could do that would make a lot of sense and I think the fans would enjoy it. What I'm seeing right now is is as a half-ass attempt at doing something and I really don't like it. But hopefully on the on the weeks of impact to come, shit starts to make a little bit more sense. But as of right now, that I don't agree with with what they did and I do not agree with how they're going about it. Hopefully Josh Alexander gets that belt back in the future. I think he absolutely deserves it. Obviously the fans are behind him and he really should get the moment, right? Like don't tease the moment, give him the fucking moment. It's a big deal. And then they kind of just yanked it away. And yeah, a lot of people weren't super crazy about it. I would have been happier about it if they wouldn't have botched this fucking moose angle on the first week of television following, but it is what it is. I guess there's my review of bound for glory. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Main Event Heat. If you would like to send in a question, a request, literally anything, you can do so by sending an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to support the show, the best way to do so is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers and picking up a t-shirt. If you have a chance, please come to one of those shows that I talked about at the beginning of the episode in Georgia next week. That's going to be some of the best wrestling that this state has ever seen. And once again, thanks for hanging out. <clears throat>